0: Hello, welcome to the K-Scope podcast number 162. Billy Reeves here, thanks for joining us, I trust you're well. In this episode, brand new music from Marius Dudar from Lunatic Soul and Riverside, brand new music from Osric Tentacles, some chat and brand new music from Bruce Sword. And the new Tesseract album is out now, War of Being. Before we hear from Amos and James, here is the new single... Legion. Tesseract, the new single Legion from the album War of Being which is out now. Check out the promo film for that, it's absolutely amazing, another brilliant example of Daniel Tompkins's acting skills. In this episode I chatted to old school buddies, Amos Williams, bass and conceptualizer; James Monteith, a guitarist. First up, Moss, who I asked about the more conventional way of recording uh, this album, everybody together in the studio a lot of the time, and what the advantages of
1: that were. I think mm-hmm. the the diversity of sound highlights mm-hmm. exactly the um, element of collaboration that's involved, the element of chaos that's involved when you bring more than one person's ideas together.
0: Yeah. And... Yeah.
1: Also, the element of hiding away in the countryside, in the middle of nowhere, for yeah. six weeks, and yeah. coming out the other side with lots of things you knew you were going to do, and then lots of things you wouldn't have done if you were if you weren't in that scenario.
2: Yeah,
0: amazing. Wait, did you have the? Were you watching the clock? You, you say six weeks there, and that, of course, that's one of the traditions of holding up in a studio. Mm. Perhaps that's something that Tesseract didn't have before, you know, there was no time constraints beyond a a manager or a record company going, can we have the masters, please? Did you feel as though that aided the creative process, the fact that you had to finish at some point?
1: Um, No. We are not necessarily... I mean, it's it's always a good idea to do how... um, to release a record, how Rick Rubin suggests you release a record, which is to just release the record... Regardless of what you think of it, just do it. Get it out there. Yeah. So to have that process in mind is great, because yes, you you know you're you're doing something for a purpose. You must always remember that. But Tesseract is never that good at working with people coming to us and saying, um, "Oh, you've got to do this by this time." <laughs> it's it's not obstinance. It's not anything like that it's not a negative thing it's just I think there's a a level of anxiety that exists within uh, maybe our whole generation you know that doesn't quite work well when people are being prodded and our best work always comes from when we have turned off any temporal concerns and we're just focused on the whatever it is we're doing then without mm-hmm. worrying about yeah. oh i'm going to you know mm-hmm. i need to do this in a couple of hours which
0: yeah. how do you know how do you know when it's finished then how do, how do you know when it's time to sign it off and and go right we can if you, you know because if you add too many colors you end up with brown don't
1: you it's it's never never finished that's the, oh, right. the <laughs> thing with tessaract never is and even <laughs> when we're in the final mastering stage we would we were <laughs> removing some elements or Brilliant. it's just you know, and on stage as well already we've already altered a few things when we perform, just because <laughs> it feels better in that medium within that scenario. The record is what it is; it's a snapshot of time that ended because we ran out of time. we could have got continued easily. we could have gone mm-hmm. for another six weeks without a doubt, but wow. wow, the reality is it it ended, and we we moved on. And we will be constantly tinkering. It's a never-ending journey for us, basically.
0: What about Mr James Monteith, the man that brings the metal to Tesseract? What were the advantages and disadvantages for him being in the studio with his comrades?
3: I think the advantages, um, are definitely creatively and from yeah, a more, more collective input um, there are a few jam sessions, which ideas were developed out of. And jamming's not something that Tesseract's ever done traditionally, mainly because you can't really jam the lots of these ideas because you've got to learn them first because they're quite complicated. Um, so I think, especially in like sort of the rhythmic sort of um, areas, um, a lot of uh, there was quite a lot of development in in a jam style, which which was cool. Um, but also, uh, I guess having like a much wider range of toys to play with. Um, I think that was fun. Like, I mean, there was even fun bit where there's a big drum section um, in one track where we sort of uh, we've got loads of us on like tom drums and snare drums. Like, it's you know, sort always of making like a like a real big build up of you know percussion and and so I guess creatively it was it really opened up a lot of things. I guess disadvantage was it was a much more expensive record to make than previous records. Um, um, but also when it went into the mixing stages, um, Ackle in particular. St- also, you know, he mixed it in his home studio, so he also was able to still do any tweaks and changes as he would have done the traditional way, anyway. So, um, so yeah, as,
0: as you'd made decisions with a producer at the helm in the studio in that conventional way, though, did that mean uh, less editing for Ackle to have to uh, plough through?
3: Maybe a, a bit less, but if there's anything essentially that needed changing, he had the flexibility to do so. Mm-hmm. So, best of both worlds, I guess
0: post-Covid what's the future of music what's the future of live music I mean rock and roll was invented to get people into rickety shacks drinking moonshine and that sort of you know that's still the same 100 years on I think you know but with with it's really been really interesting seeing pop music and rock music front and center of the front half of newspaper stories recently uh with venues taking merchandise with Brexit with that punk band that came over from germany and weren't allowed past the border because they um they were coming to play a gig and you know musician wasn't on their passport and there's been lots of stories about how uh, and of course very extraordinarily expensive to get into shows in the uk with with prices of everything going up what how do you see the future panning out for particularly live loud music
3: uh Everything's been changing very, very quickly. Like last year um we were still feeling the effects of COVID in terms of seeing how erratic things were, how sales were and attendances and um lots of cancellations and I guess audiences not having confidence in shows happening or you know, um because because of all the sort of post effects. Whereas this year it feels that um despite all the uh the challenges you just mentioned, which are all correct. It feels like it's booming. Um, tours are selling really well. I mean, download festivals sold out four days, which is incredible. Um, also, things like the Heavy Music Awards, you know, happened earlier this year. Um, they managed to put on, um, uh, you know, a rock music um, awards event at Wembley Arena, which I think shows how, yeah, how much, like, the wider world is sort of paying attention to rock music, both recorded and in the live sense. So I feel like in general everything is incredibly healthy at the moment but you're right we've got loads of challenges to deal with like i mean like the whole brexit thing is a nightmare we could talk for hours about that so that's we'll move on from that because i might get a bit annoyed but i also feel at the same time that um that will work itself out eventually because ultimately um it's bad for business with lots of the barriers that are being faced there and it's also quite low priority for the government because there are bigger problems the country's seeing with brexit than the music industry is facing so i think we're probably just waiting in line for our turn to get a few of these things ironed out and sorted but um, um and yeah venue merch cuts that's another one but sorry but it just seems to be getting worse um like in the in the states in particular it's very common for venues to take a, a merch cut, and the best way—I'm well, going to say anyway—the the best way to get around it, especially if you're a support band, is you just need a very creative merch seller who can essentially, you know, um, play down your sales. Um, but I think when you're a head when you're a headline band, it's a bit more difficult because they they're way more on you. But I mean, it's something I don't really agree with, and um, it's something that's been been a bugbear forever, to be honest. But it's got worse since COVID, and I think it's partly because like it's happening here now and in in Europe. And I I think a lot of it is those industries trying to claw back all their years worth of losses. And it seems it's an easy way to do it. Um, I think what annoys me is I'm not naming names when the big promoters do it. Like, you know, the big mammoth sized ones, not naming any names, but you might think of who I'm talking about. And it's just like, they've got loads of money. They don't need to be screwing the small bands. I have a, a little bit more sympathy for small independent venues doing it, but... You know, I guess it's we live in a capitalist world and we've got to play the capitalist game, unfortunately. And uh, it's just something we've got to deal with. And um, yeah, it sucks. Uh, but we will find a way. I, I feel like live music is strong enough. The audiences are enthusiastic enough. And the music out there at the moment is great enough that we'll, we'll work this out when we are the other. Positive
0: vibes from Mr Monteith. Amos?
1: Fundamentally, people like getting together. Even mm. the pandemic couldn't stop that. I feel that regardless of the style of music, people are sociable creatures and they really, really love the experience of a show. Even a humble, everyday, regular gig is something that is very difficult to experience in any other scenario I don't I don't feel that that is in danger I just feel that we have new ways of experiencing that or experiencing Mm. the content of that experiencing the art within it but in the same way that people like to put music on their headphones it's just Mm. another form of how to enjoy music, not the be-all and end-all. It's a medium yeah. through which, if we're clever, we can learn to exploit, say, music through video games or music through things like having a worldwide show that is online. It's mm. just going to be another string to our bow, hopefully.
0: Well, I feel quite confident now and,
3: uh, and vibed up. OK, Jim, talk us into a track. Um, I guess because I've been playing it over the weekend and it's very much in my head. I'm a I'm a big fan of the title track "War of Being," like a huge riff. Um, They'll hopefully get people's heads banging a little bit, and um, but then it go then it goes off on like a basically just a crazy progressive journey. It's uh, um, the riffs are really fun to play. War of Being.
0: Tesseract, the title track of their new album, Out Now, War of Being. My thanks to James and to Moss. The band are on a world tour throughout the autumn, the winter and the spring, taking in venues across North America, Europe, the UK, Australia, Asia, including China. Now, also dragged out of the womb-like comfort of self-recording, Bruce Sword has a new solo album out, the Yeovil polymath leader of The Pineapple Thief. It's entitled Luminescence. He was taken to Rack Studios in central London, uh, one of those great old-fashioned studios that gave us so many glam rock hits for some proper strings and a proper string arrangement.
4: An unbelievably
0: magical day
4: because oh, I don't get oh, out yeah. of the studio very often. So there I was in, in a proper studio, you know, with a pr- big McNeve mixing desk and had yeah. the, uh, the engineer there, a guy called Robbie Nelson, who actually worked on um, Morning Phase, the Beck record and stuff. Right. So it yeah, was yeah. like, oh, this is yeah. this is brilliant. These are these are people. That's these are people that uh-huh. I can just sit on the couch yeah. and just. So watching Andrew and those players and it did. It's just because I'm mixing it now. Okay. Um, I, I, in the studio, I must confess I got a bit emotional, and even mixing it now yeah. i'm like
0: i just can't believe so, it did got they this. all have did they all have dots in front of them and yeah.
4: everything? did and they only do it once no was the first time they just did it up to me sounded perfectly, but Andrew said yeah. nope nope no, no, and they yeah. were like changing the score so they're all r- like writing the scores wow. so he says wow. actually let's not do it that way let's do it this bad that, that it was uh, I- incredible it was just a different uh, just uh, in- a different world to me in terms of, mm. of musicians. Just
0: mixing it, therefore, as we speak. You know, obviously, as we speak, this is a long time before it comes out. But it is the temptation to take everything else off? Well, and, go, and, and, just, and, go, and just crank, go crank to, it right. Yeah, up. and go go, go, to, go to do the Eleanor Rigby, as yeah, it were. Yeah. And think, yes. Well,
4: I did do that, um, and, and I might well put some sort of special mixes on the bonus bonus disc. Oh, right, Okay. Yeah. Very yeah, much. But I did try that. I did take um and I did speak to the engineer Robbie I said actually th- th- this this track's got the sort of the uh, this sort of fuzzy ebo in the chorus. So mm. it's now got the, cor- the the strings on top. but he says, no, those strings no that those Ebos are really edgy, that's yeah. what makes it and i wow. so I did try taking it off and I thought, actually no, now it's just vocal and strings it's because there's a, bit there's, more a, there's, a
0: re- it, there's a really thin line, isn't there a p- paper rizzler paper thin. Uh, line between having electric guitars and electric guitars and strings together sometimes can really jar mm. and can sound like oasis yes you know true. there's there's a yeah. real danger, isn't there? Yeah. so how do you balance that? really uh, you just, it's quite an unpleasant jarring sound sometimes yeah so. I mean the,
4: the, my solo album is really r- mainly acoustic guitars uh-huh, right, so okay. it does fit okay. a lot uh, it's, it's a bit easier, but to be honest, you just make it up as you go along. You yeah. really do. And I said, I said this to Robbie in the studio. I said, "You got any tips on you know mixing strings?" And I'm just, I just basically make it up as I go along. He says, <laughs> he laughed and says, "That's what we're all doing. Yeah, we're no, all exactly. making up as yeah. we go along." So I'm just using my, you know, my Spidey sense really. And <laughs> and I, I basically, I will mix it off, live with it in the kitchen, put it in a car, and then uh-huh. eventually you'll get it. It really is a, a basically just a case of getting the
0: level. Wow, see, I mean, so you're listening to it on so many different speakers, the little, the little, the little monitors in the car, surround sound. Yeah, yeah. That's so,
4: one of the, the the biggest challenges is yeah. to make it make it work on every <laughs> yeah, conceivable every, every, thing yeah.
0: and, and budget there, yeah. was there a song that that has survived that nearly didn't make it what was the squeaky wheel what was the tough one
4: um so there's a there's two tracks actually there's one called olomuk or Olomouf, which is yeah. which i actually wrote on tour when we did a, it's a it's a um, town in czech republic i think right um where i just wrote it in the hotel room um and, and that was a long time ago the re- the key and i think the key for this record is because it's a I hate to use the word delicate, but it's quite a delicate record, and um, and you and I found that the words were so Mm. important—not just what you were saying, but how you were saying it and you know, yeah. And and Mm. so I would sometimes spend a whole day on five or six words in a chorus, (laughs) and by the end of it, you're going absolutely mad. See, that's the
0: downside of not working to the clock in a traditional
2: studio, isn't it? Come on, Yeah. yeah,
4: yeah. And some days I'd, I'd end the day and i'd be so mentally exhausted and then yeah. i would wake up the next day and then it would be like oh there it is there oh, it is right, of okay. course yeah that's what it some not always won't you
2: forgive me i've been pulled from this darker sea and laid to rest I was scared When you weren't there for me How could I prepare Without you next to me As time slipped through our hands I
0: Without anybody to bounce off, how do you know it's not working? It's
4: just this. We're talking about the Spidey sense. Okay. It's just this thing that when you know when something is working, you just have this feeling. Okay. It kind of just envelops you know. It, it 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 hugs you in a way when you know that it's happened. And when it's not working, you get this feeling in your stomach that it's just that
0: your stomach tells you it's innate but how does but how but how does that how do you know that you've found that when you've been working on something for so long surely that's something that just happened it happens or it doesn't happen at the sometimes creation
4: sometimes it does when those those are the best times when it just happens at the time of creation and it's just what what songs like that um let me have a look so oh yeah i tell you there's a song on here called um instant flash of light which i think Mm. It's a tautology because you can't have an instant flash, can you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think,
0: I think um, man, you're an artist. You can
4: call it <laughs> yeah. whatever you want. But that was a proper pick up your guitar okay. and out
0: it came. How ironic that a song title like that should be the one that came in an instant flash Yeah, that's true.
2: Yeah, it, yeah. true.
0: decide then which Song goes to the band, and which song goes to the, your other product, i.e., yourself.
4: Sometimes that was a bit tricky, and I remember sending the early demos to Johnny at Kscope, mm. and he would say, "Bruce, uh, that's too punk that's me. proper
0: proper A and R, yeah, old school A and R." I know, and I was very question. happy. Yeah.
4: I'm very happy to get Johnny's um, yeah. inf- uh, in, in, input on it because, like yeah. you say, you're on your own in, in, yeah. in the studio. But I mean, I think with this new solo record, I think I've
0: completely found my own. Metier, um, yeah. is there a, a, a unifying theme to the lyrics?
4: Yeah, it's more more of my sort of introspective melancholy, really. I mean, I think the big thing is, um, I mean, the last solo album, my daughter had just been born, so mm. that she really yeah. defined that record. But now, what's happening? I mean, I've just turned fifty. Yes, my boys have just, you know, they've done their but they're taller than you now. Yeah, they they could they could. Have me in a fight. <laughs> they, they could. And um, <laughs> so, so they, they, they finished school and you know, and yeah. the weird thing about having a four year old when you've got 16 year olds mm. is it's an, instant remi- it's an instant reminder of time past because yeah. she's doing all the things that my kids did that you kind of forget because life is so fast yeah. and it's this constant reminder that oh my goodness so I mean but to cut a long story short it's really the, the theme is about effectively finding peace with in life You know, and the fact that you know, okay, that you know that life can be really tough, and you know that it's finite, but you can still find peace and and live a really, really, you know, just enjoy every every day. That's a sign of maturity,
0: isn't it? I guess so. We can go either way. Oh, so is it a (laughs) maturer?
4: I would. (laughs) We put that on the sticker.
0: That's the title track of his latest solo album, which is out on Kscope right now. Before that you heard a snippet of Instant Flash of Light, before that a snippet of Illumawak. And Bruce is taking his trio out for a 10-date European tour, starting on September the 29th and finishing on October the 14th in London at Nell's Jazz & Blues. Osric Tentacles have a new album coming out on October the 20th. It's called Lotus Unfolding. Going to play you a bit of the title track shortly. But first, a little catch-up with Edwin at a recent concert in Guildford where we try to analyse the Osric's music. Well, me and
3: Silas, we were having this conversation the other day and we suspected there's this realm where it all dwells, all that amazing fucking cosmic music that dwells in this realm. Mm. And if you get the right bit of music, you can open a little doorway and have one view, a taste, a little bit of the essence of the, this realm where music mm-hmm. is, simply is. Um, that's very obscure, isn't it? But we did have this conversation the other day, and I can't remember what the question was, but you did ask something. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Lotus Unfolding from Osric Tentacles. Uh, more of that backstage chat from Guildford with Ed in a future K Scope podcast. What a great night that was. And Osrics are on tour with Gong through November and December, including the Kentish Town Forum in London on November the 18th with the crazy world of Arthur Brown on the bill as well, uh, people. And then in the spring, Gong and Osrix, another double-dip psychedelic experience uh, through March. Gong have a new single out as well, which we heard in the previous K-Scope podcast, Tiny Galaxies. And we're going to be hearing more from Edwin and from Kavos Tarabi of Gong in the very near future on this very podcast. And we'll be speaking to Marius Dudar from Riverside and Lunatic Soul about his new solo album shortly. Details have dropped. It's called Afraid. And I'll play out with an edit of the single entitled Embracing the Unknown. Do please send us something that you feel fits in with the kscope aesthetic to listen at kscope scopemusic.co.uk a stream please rather than an attachment so listen at kscope music.co.uk if we dig it we'll play it out and do please share and like and tell all your chums about the kscope podcast the new marius dudar single embracing the unknown billy here speak to you soon ta